The Wiser Podcast, conversations, public talks, and audio essays from the Witz Institute for Social and Economic Research. Hello, I'm Sizwe Mpofu-Walsh. Welcome to The Wiser Podcast. Melanie Burhi is a postdoctoral fellow at Wiser interested in multi-species history. In this podcast, she explores green spaces during the COVID-19 pandemic with Mexican scholar Luciano Conchero San Vicente currently working on a master plan for urban park Chapultepec in Mexico City, and Pagamani Africa Klaba, senior horticulturalist and researcher at Kirstenbosch National Botanical Garden, Cape Town. Many botanical gardens and public parks were closed during efforts to stop the spread of the COVID-19 pandemic. For me, disclosure has been a moment to think about what is missing when public green spaces are closed, who is missing out, and what role they will play in the future. To explore these questions, I recently invited Bagamani Maafrika Klava and Luciano Conjero San Vicente for a conversation on Zoom. I first met Bagamani in 2011 during my research about the history of Kirstenbosch and Luciano during his fellowship advisor in 2019. I have learned a lot from both of them about botanical gardens, parks and plants, and they continue to inspire me to think critically and creatively about them. By inviting them for a joint conversation, I was especially interested in finding out how their observations and experiences in South Africa and Mexico relate to each other. Hi Pagamani, hi Luciano. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm well as well. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation. I would like to start with quick introductions of the places where you work. Yes, thank you, Melanie. Kirstenbosch is a well-renowned botanical garden. It's one of 11 botanical gardens that are a network, and it's a flagship. It's over 100 years old. There's quite... Uh, interesting and important collections here, uh, living plants collections. We also house a herbarium and a very strong research uh, component. Within the garden, we have conservation displays and education uh, and research as our main sort of focus. And Kestenbosch is one of those few botanical gardens that is self-sufficient uh, economically, financially, that it generates a self-sustaining income. Although now, after COVID, I don't know, uh, I don't think we, we will. We get over 1.1 million visitors a year. So I think that will diminish significantly and will impact on us immensely. Well, Chapultepec is the biggest urban park in Mexico City. Its origins goes back to pre-colonial times because it was used as the main source of pure water by the Aztecs uh, since the 15th century. And it maintains like that until the 19th century, when it was also transformed in a typical modern urban park. Nowadays is one of our landmarks, and inside it there are some of the most important museums in Mexico, such as the National Museum of Anthropology, another type of recreational spaces. Now, the president decided to establish a new program to 
Take Care Again of Chapultepec that is being led by the artist Gabriel Orozco. Pagamani, Kirstenbosch has been closed since the beginning of the national lockdown in South Africa in March, and it has just reopened, I heard, on Monday, on the 3rd of August. You have been working at Kirstenbosch throughout this time. Can you tell us a bit about how that has been? Yeah, since Kirstenbosch has been closed since end of March, it's been both good in a way uh, and bad. <laughs> the good part is that serenity, being living here, uh, maybe that's a bit selfish of me, uh, living here, I've never seen this space so empty and just the biodiversity thriving. There's so many owls, mongoose, the cat, that Roika couple that are here on the estate, and the um, abundance of bird life that uh, one would witness. It was pretty awesome in that. Obviously, the sad thing is that there are very few people can enjoy that. It's a bit of a, a catch-22 situation where you have this wonderful biodiversity that people cannot necessarily enjoy. Luciano, what about you? Mexico has also been hard hit by COVID-19. Have you been able to go to the park during this time? The park was closed for some days. And after it was the public parks, uh, some of the spaces that were first open. And for me, one thing uh, that the pandemic did was to highlight the ur urgency for uh, green public spaces, especially for those who have less uh, really important places. Uh, they, they have always been, but I think now with the radical transformation of our daily lives, the importance of green spaces have become uh, more clear. So for us now, the important thing is to think how to make a, uh, accessible the park for more people, how more people can enjoy this and, and take the park as part of their daily lives. How accessible is the park during normal times? As I understand you in the middle of the city, Has everybody access to it? Yeah, the park is in the middle of the city and has nearly 15 million visitors every year. But at the same time, it's interesting because some parts of the park are much more accessible than others. And those parts are the ones who are close to the richest neighborhoods. The other neighborhood neighborhoods don't have as good access as the others. So we're really thinking that in, in the new project for Chapultepec, how we can make Chapultepec accessible for everyone. That means important urban transformations of changing avenues and streets and opening access. Another important project is to make the internal connection of the park better because nowadays you have big avenues crossing around the park because it's 800 hectares and now we're, we're building walkable paces so you can't cross from one part to the other. We're building bridges. Bagamani, I think accessibility to Kirstenbosch is also something that has been highlighted by the pandemic. Even without the pandemic, not everybody who lives in Cape Town has access to Kirstenbosch. Historically, Kirstenbosch was established in 1913 as a site of leisure and a site of education for white South Africans. 
And black South Africans weren't imagined as part of its publics. They were supposed to be laborers, but not visitors. And to this day, black visitors have remained a minority. Some reasons for this are apartheid spatial urban planning and the lack of public transport and high entrance fees. What are your ideas for making the botanical garden more accessible and more inclusive in the future? Of course, these are still major challenges. Yeah, the space is still in that same construct of uh, the apartheid spatial planning. It's in a very rich neighborhood and accessibility is still a challenge. And the sort of majority of the people who visit are still very privileged stroke white people in our country and of course the tourists but they, we haven't been as relevant to black communities as we can be we've got a really good educational program whereby we have a bus that bus school children in and a few years ago we had a, a really interesting outreach greening program we've started a conversation on these things on how do we actually bring people of color into the garden by perhaps investigating charges to the garden that are related to income? Uh, because currently, getting into Kestenbosch is it's, uh, pretty expensive for a normal South African. While lowering prices, it still doesn't solve the problem of accessibility because the communities are so far removed from here. If ever you had to drive 30 kilometers to come here, it's expensive. And of course, there's no public transport that comes to Kirstenbosch. Perhaps that should be one of the conversations to be had as well. This is very interesting because in a way, it's thinking the whole configuration of the cities around the parks, no? How we... We can think them not as a faraway place to go some one day in your life, but really how to think to internalize them and become a central part of, of our lives. There are some other aspects of botanical gardens and of public parks that the pandemic has highlighted for me. One is biodiversity conservation, research and education. In the context of the pandemic, we know that viruses like the SARS coronavirus 2 that is causing the COVID-19 disease are likely to evolve in places and situations where biodiversity has been disturbed and habitat has been destructed. And the other issue is food security. In many places, food insecurity has become a big problem during the pandemic. And here I'm thinking if botanical gardens and public parks with their collections of plants, the know-how and how to grow them, if they can contribute more to society. Yes, I think we have to really be more relevant to society. Some educational, some conservation has started, particularly the restoration here around Fainbos, and we've started some of the cycads within my work. but. There's not enough work that has been explored in that. And it's a very different type of work because it requires setting restoration protocols. So we're setting up all those things and it's going to take 
a while to change that, to become restoration sort of centers and think along that. Well, I think that this problem of food security and food insecurity has been very important and also a discussion about how, how we eat and what we eat. And for us, uh, we have even been discussing like if urban parks in a way should be also productive parks, if we could change that notion of uh, the urban park as a merely space for recreation. And what would it mean to transform some parts for producing plants and crops, eatable plants and crop of medicinal plants? I think in a way it's interesting because it's also thinking the non-industrial agriculture as a way to protect biodiversity. That's very interesting. And it reminds me of the Useful Plants Garden at Kirstenbosch, Bagamani. Can you tell us a bit more about the Useful Plants Garden and the work you're doing there? The Useful Plants Garden was started, it's almost 20 years now, Kirstenbosch. And it's an idea that we've had to bring all these plants that are used culturally, traditionally, uh, whether they are food, crafts, medicine, uh, construction, and so on into one space and display them and more importantly make them available to the general public through our seed department and through uh, projects that we were involved with. Uh, However, I think this idea hasn't grown as much as it can and I think it's more relevant now given the circumstance. There's so many plants that have been understudied or underexplored, and this possibly might be a chance to do so. I also think the Useful Plants Garden is important because it was really a powerful intervention in the setup of Kirstenbosch as a botanical garden that followed a, a Western Eurocentric order of knowledge and understanding of plants. And the Useful Plants Garden really was planned as an intervention in that, as setting an Afrocentric focus in the middle of the garden. And as such, it really is a starting point for reimagining the botanical garden. I think definition of botanical garden, obviously, it's a very Eurocentric way of looking at it. It doesn't resonate with what people generally here identify with it doesn't identify with that space. I think more what is needed is to have activities that resonate with people. So I think we, in previously colonized countries or areas, need to redefine those spaces for ourselves and say what we want them to be rather than to conform to some standard, which doesn't necessarily serve our country or our needs. I completely agree, because at the end, for me, to think radically around the parks and gardens and botanical gardens, ethnobotanical gardens, is is to to think around the problem of life, of maintaining life and and this means always multiple type of lives, no? Not only a single way to think life, but multiple. And to always try to think from the deeply local context, no? Because, of, and this is again something that plants teach us, like 
plants grow in a very specific context and with very specific needs. That doesn't mean that we cannot learn from other contexts because in a way they are at the same time universal teachings, no? but I think it's, it's important to think from, from, as we say in Spanish, from the terruño, from the soil, from the earth, from our own earth. Luciano and Bagamani, I thank you very much for this very interesting conversation. I want to thank the people who helped me making this podcast. Jane Batsovin for instructions on how to build an improvised recording studio, Neo Moyanga for advice on audio editing, Pesi Jomoya for organizing a recording device, and Oscar Mazignana for allowing me to use his internet connection. I also thank the Weiser podcast team for their feedback and for hosting this episode. The music you heard is Roy Boss by Cara Stacy and Camilo Angeles.